Hi, and welcome to the Fearless Podcast with Tracy Eckert, the show where we discuss kingdom truths to fast track you into a fearless life. Hi, welcome to my Fearless Podcast. I'm here again with Matthew Esquivel, and we are talking about revival. I hope you had a chance to catch the first part of this um, on revival. It was it was amazing, very powerful. Fun. Yeah, a lot of fun, <laughs> but also uh, really just some helpful uh, information about and revelation about revival and. Um, and really, what is revival and how revival can help to revive the church? Mm-hmm. And we talked about the history of revival. We talked about some of the manifestations that you can see in revival. Right, right. Common um, threads in yeah. revivals, biblically, historic. We focus mainly on biblically. We're going to get a little more into historical yeah. to, um, on this episode. But um, just some just some constants, some variables. So please check out that episode if you haven't already. Yeah. And just a summation of it. Mm-hmm. God pours out his spirit not so we can be entertained or that we can have an emotional feeling right. or feel the power of God, but he's really after something, Matthew. Mm-hmm. What is he after? Yeah, I think he's after our worship. He's, yeah. he's after our love. Yeah, and mm-hmm. now, biblically, the first time something is mentioned in the Bible, it really is... The, the law of first mention. Right, right, so, right. So, so worship. Basically, when you come across a word in the Bible, the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, worship, for example, and the context that it appears in, mm-hmm. in that first mention, gives us some key insight into the definition of that word. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. with worship, the first place that it's mentioned is when Abram is taking his son Isaac up the mountain. Right. And he's saying, and and he's saying, we're going up to worship. Right. And, and so really, it, it has a context of obedience. Absolutely. That's the word I was going to use. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't just, sac- he was about to sacrifice his son, which the angel mm-hmm. intervened, but it wasn't sacrifice of, oh, I'm going to make this sacrifice to God. It was the Lord spoke to him and told him to do something, yeah. and he did it. Right. You know, and so he worshiped the Lord. And, and you see this uh, thread in the, um, in the Old Testament as well. When people worship the Lord. It's that they're... They are honoring, venerating, and obeying the God of Israel. Right. And so that's that's what the Lord's after. Right. And the, and He talks about this in the Book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. He He talks about uh, that He would rather have obedience than sacrifice. Absolutely. And He says it over and over in His Word that I, this is what I'm after. I'm after worship, mm-hmm. and it's worshiping me in spirit and in truth. Right. And and so today, this is a kind of worship, meaning. Um, the, the truth that comes from heaven, the mm-hmm. truth that, that not only is in his word, but also that comes through the spirit right. that we follow mm-hmm. what the spirit is saying and doing. Right, absolutely. And that's the worship that he's after. Absolutely. The, the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Right. It says in Romans 8. He gets to be the jefe. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to be the big guy. Jesus says, I'm going away. The Holy Spirit's going to uh, take care of you. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, and he will lead you into all truth. In other words, we don't get to be the leaders. Right. We are the followers. Right, right. And so just, I think it's worth saying too, just revival, awakening, that our hearts are revived. We're alive in God. We're getting back to the heart of Christianity. Yeah. Worship and obedience to Jesus. Loving God. And yes, that, that, that means affection and emotions are involved in that. But it also, it, that, that obedience, Jesus says, if you love me, 
you'll obey my commandments. That's right. And, um, and there will produce the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he knows. Right. He knows that following those commandments is what is best for us, right. which will help us to have the highest, widest, deepest human experience on the earth, right. uh, filled with the fullness of love, joy, right. peace, and freedom, right. so that we can... Um, distribute Jesus everywhere we go. Right, right? absolutely. So uh, let's talk about revival because there are, there are things that we can do to prepare ourselves for revival, but mm -hmm. right now I wanna talk about what are some of the hindrances to revival? Right, right. So um, Charles Finney, he was a revivalist of the Second Great Awakening, did a lot of writing on personal accounts of his own experience, um, his own conversion experience, and then on how God started um, moving um, in in his in the area where he was ministering. Um, but uh, he and he noted I'm t drawing these from his writings on some hindrances to revival. And wh when I say that, it's because I think God's already moving in the church right now. Mm -hmm. He's starting to stir and starting to awaken. We've seen powerful things happen in different parts of the world. Um, um, and when you say but, right now, mm -hmm. I mean, it is now, um, we're in September right. of 2021, mm -hmm. and God is shaking everything that can be shaken. In the right. book of Haggai, it mm -hmm. says that, and Haggai is a prophet, and he said that it, it is actually unto an awakening, or that all will come to the desire of all nations, exactly, and Jesus exactly. is the desire of all nations. Right, right. It's the nations coming to the desire of the nations. Right. Which is Jesus. Which is Jesus. Uh -huh. so, um, so when God shakes things, which is interesting because people are like, oh, it's the enemy. Eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be God. Right, you know? right, right. So when you see that happening, you know that God is pressing and pushing the whole earth towards his son. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and they realize their own depravity right, in right. that, and, it, and the cry becomes louder and louder. Help us, oh God. Right. So what, when we look at revival history, we would see the Lord just move in certain regions. Um, First Great Awakening swept across New England. You had this evangelical revival in England under George Whitfield and John Charles Wesley. Um, and so we, you saw this powerful move of the Holy Spirit, um, uh, but in some of these things you saw a lot of human flesh going on too um, that hindered the revival. Mm -hmm. and, um, and Charles Finney, Second Great Awakening guy, he, he noticed some of this. He, um, some of the things he mentioned, here's what will hinder revival when it starts to go, when it starts to take off. Right. Um, exalting ourselves above the Lord. Oh um, Self-promotion. Again, that, that platform ministry. We get like... We want it to be us, or the guy wants it to be him, or the gal. Right. It's it's about them and their anointing. Whereas, um, really, uh, again, John the Baptist, he realized when it was time for him to step back and Jesus to come up. Jesus realized when it was time for him to draw away and the Holy Spirit to come and to empower his disciples. And, and the, which and, is, which is I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but mm -hmm. it's an amazing with John the Baptist. Think about who this guy was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, ew. <laughs> He is not what you would see. He's not. He doesn't have He's the robe right of like, royalty. What's, what's the you about? <laughs> he, well, I mean, he is camel. I mean, he's in the wilderness. He probably mm -hmm. hasn't bathed. I mean, his hair. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not somebody that you would see and esteem as highly educated. And so he, you know, God shows up in the form of of 
not just John the Baptist, but of Jesus, born right. in a manger, right, right. not born in the right. in the castle in the the high places. Right, right. And I mean, Jesus and John the Baptist. I mean, they grew up in the Jewish community. They were of a uh, John the Baptist was of a priestly lineage, mm -hmm. right. And so he had an education, but he didn't. That wasn't his platform. And nobody was, even knew who he his, was. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but again, he realized it's not about me. His own disciples came to him and said, they're following that Jesus guy My out. And favorite. That and other said, guy. He says, he, he says it, is the, it is the bridegroom that has the bride. The friend of the bridegroom, yeah. John the Baptist saying, that's me. I'm not the bridegroom, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I stand and listen and it is my joy to hear the voice of the bridegroom. And so... And uh, he said mm -hmm. that, that um, I only have what heaven has given me. Exactly. exactly. And if heaven, if that's passed on, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. Because my portion, I'm satisfied with my portion. Exactly. I don't need another man's exactly. portion. And Paul did this too. He, you know, the people in Corinth were talking about, well, I've been, I was baptized under Paul. I was baptized under Apollos. I'm a disciple of Peter, you know, and, and Paul is just like, who are we? Did we die for you? Did we get crucified for you? He's like, I, I, I don't even remember who I baptized when I was there. So um, it's not about that. And he just says, I, one man plants, another one waters, but it's God who causes the growth. And I think in revival and stewarding revival, that's what, if, if God starts using a particular person or persons, um, we just have to remember that it's God sovereignly raising up that person, and it may be just for a season. Yeah. And we've got to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, both if, if we are that person or one of those persons, or if we're just, we're like, man, I, I was discipled under so-and-so. I would, I would, I was under Steve Hill. Or now Derek remember Prince, William or, you know, Seymour. <laughs> William Seymour. Preached out of a box. He preached out of a box. I mean, yeah. Put William his head Seymour. in a box. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what incredible mm, humility absolutely to say look this isn't about me right and he's honoring what god's doing in other places this is what i love about john g lake as well yeah. john g lake's probably my favorite yeah uh, modern revivalist yeah. Um, and he was honoring what god was doing through people before him people mariah woodworth edder william seymour yeah. i mean some people wouldn't receive william seymour because he was a black man yeah john g lake's when he spoke about William Seymour, he says, I have never met anybody that was so full of God as this man. Wow. And, um, and, and, and God raising up women and their, their role in the revival. Right. He would honor Mariah Woodworth Edder and all the miracles that were happening under Yeah, her. so you have, you have women and you have, at that time, right, a right. black man. And so he was saying, we are not known by our gender or our color, but we mm. are known by God. Exactly. By who we are in God. Exactly. And we're going to honor whoever God decides to raise up right. to, um, That's to ignite a fire somewhere. Um, and so um, that really covers, you know, of the eight hindrances I was going to talk about, that really probably covers about four of them. <laughs> so, right. So mm -hmm. the first would be pride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second is exalting self over God. Right, right, right. The third is prejudice. Uh-huh. And um, and not being prejudiced against other people from other denominations. Exactly, exactly. That's huge. This this happened. Um, I think uh, Mike Bickle gives a great account of this in the Toronto blessing. You know that it really required humility because some some churches looked at what was happening in Toronto in the '90s, this outpouring, 
renewal um, that was going on. And um, some were mad because of the manifestations were going on, says this can't be God. Others, it was, well, we don't want people to go to their ministry. We want them to stay with ours. Um, and, 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 and it was just this, again, this um, humility would be going low and saying, God, you're doing something here in this little little church in Toronto that no one knows airport about. Airport church. Yeah, yeah, Toronto Airport and Vineyard Fellowship <laughs> Church. Awesome. And it's, it's I just, love you, God. Exactly. Um, but um, again, just the, the pride tying in, it's, if someone is anointed and power is manifesting through them, they start to mistake that, well, the anointing's on me, and so I can maybe, I don't need to be accountable to other people. Okay. And so leaders have to maintain accountability morally, financially, That's good. to other leaders. That's good. And mm -hmm. also uh, share the love. You know, I mean, I can see for me if, if when revival breaks out, I'm on the phone to other leaders in this city saying, I need help. Yes, exactly. exactly. I need help. I can't, right. I can't do this right, on my yeah, own. Right, I need right. to, I need brotherly love and I need people to come right. in and help me steward Mike, this. Mike Bickle, he's one of my favorites. I'm gonna I him a love lot, but him. So IHOP in Kansas City was going through what they called the IHOP Awakening mm -hmm. in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I got to be in um, some of those meetings at the One Thing Conference, going to the prayer room. I mean, I remember turning on the prayer room in those days. I mean, it was just wild in there. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? Um, but Mike Bickle, as, as that started happening, he's on the phone with Bill Johnson, with John Arnott, other leaders he knows. He has them come in and visit and it's like, we need some insight and wisdom here. Yep. Um, because God, he often raised up somebody. And help. To, exactly. And they all came in exactly. and started helping yeah, yeah. and said, we're here. We're yeah. going we're gonna to help you with this. Okay, right. so. Um, uh, Native coffee, by the way. It's a great place Exhaustion. To get Let's talk about the exhaustion of it. Right. Exhaustion is, it can be, it can be physically taxing. I mean. Take your vitamins. Yeah, take your vitamins. Get <laughs> Drink in lots of water. I mean, because a lot of what's common in these revivals is that these are all-night meetings. They're all, um, they are. And people are at the door. They're John, around the building. John G. Lake would have a line around his house because yeah. he was such had such a powerful healing anointing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it took a lot of time. I mean, Heidi Baker feeds, you know, what, 10,000 people a day. Yeah. And that was happening in Book of Acts. And it just, it it needed some order and structure. And so that's a place where there is, there's a place for structure. And Acts 5, Holy Spirit's breaking out, and people are, the, the widows, you know, or, or the, the, the Greek Jews are complaining that their widows are not getting the same kind of attention that the Hebrew, you know, widows are. And so they, they set up some order and structure, and they appoint people over those areas to help. to help. And so the apostles are like, look, we've got to pray and minister the word. Yeah. And so we need some people that are full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit to help with these and things. And again, that's mm -hmm. where it comes in not being self-reliant. Exactly, um, exactly. But actually reaching out to brothers and sisters in the community and, then, to, and to say, I need help with right. this. It's all hands on deck. So if, it's, if you're like crying out for revival, it's a thing of just like, God, I'm a willing vessel. Right. And that's hard. That's offensive to me sometimes. I'm just like, wow, I've got to be inconvenienced. Yeah. By God, like, yeah. and I don't know what that, and that, that makes me tremble a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the yeah. end. <laughs> you got to get, you got to get cots put in your church so that you can take, you know, turns. Right, right. Hosting and the so, presence. Right, right. So, um, so right, you, you've got to have other people. You've got to have rest. You've got to know what Paul said, I labor more than anybody, but it's the grace of God in me. So it's really got to say, God, where's the grace here? Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh 
Next is decline in conflict. So, yeah, a lot of conflict can break out yeah. in, in these situations. And that, again, ties in what we've already talked about, platform. Uh, well, and people that believe that it should be going a certain way and that certain doctrine or yeah, a certain, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. just kind of gets, and you kind of, and when that happens, you see the Holy Spirit lift. Yeah, and I mean, this was, this was a big conflict with John Wesley and George Whitfield. Yeah. In, in the Methodist revival. It was, um, and that was a doctrinal issue. Um, I mean, George Whitfield was a powerful preacher. I mean, the presence of very God was undeniable, very charismatic. Um, um, in fact, there's a, 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 a um, story of, I, I'm forgetting the guy's name, uh, Benjamin Franklin. Um, sat under George Whitfield's mm -hmm. meetings mm -hmm. and never got saved, but he was like, this man was so so charismatic. Says he was taking up an offering for an orphanage, and I was really stingy about it. But by the end of it, I had emptied my pockets. You know, just <laughs> something moved me. Um, and so you had George and he, Whitfield and, and Benjamin Franklin did write and say, "What's happening here is real." Exactly. And exactly. what's happening and, with these people? Because I know some of the people who are coming in and right. how they were before the encounter. Right, right. And I'm looking at their lives now in our community after the encounter. And this is a real thing that's happening. Right, to them. right. So John Wesley. Um, uh, well, the thing about George Whitfield, doctrinally, he was a very staunch Calvinist. Mm -hmm. um, John Wesley was very staunch Arminian. <laughs> Started the and, Arminian Weekly magazine, you know. Yeah. And so that really caused an issue of split. And it, it, what was sad was they couldn't reconcile those differences. They couldn't still work, because John Wesley was really good at program discipleship. Mm -hmm. He says, we're not just gonna have powerful meetings, we're gonna get people in small groups, in accountability, mm -hmm. they're gonna be groups and of- And teach them the word. Teach them the word, administer the sacraments, and, right. um, and, and confess sin, you right, know? Right, which is right. And so, exactly. Um, but, um, and so they, and, and his brother Charles was writing, you know, thousands of hymns, and so worship was exploding. I mean, gospel-centered songs. I mean, you can get saved just listening to these things. Yeah, it's um, really beautiful. But, um, but there was such conflict, it caused division. Um, even with um, John Wesley and the Moravians, there was a Moravian revival. Mm -hmm. But some of the teaching and practices of the Moravians really concerned John Wesley, and so he kind of had to distance himself from that. And what was sad was they couldn't, they couldn't reconcile these differences. And some of those are doctrinal that, um, again, there's certain things we have to be willing to die on a hill for. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm going to die on a hill for Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, the only way to salvation. Right. He is coming again to judge the living and the dead. Right. And there is a reality of heaven and hell. You know, all of these things right. um, that we, but when it comes to... And he is the only way. And he is the only way. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to some of these other issues, these are important. Um, but are we going to, God, how can we honor when people of different streams and different doctrinal focuses that aren't necessarily a salvation. I issue. love what mm -hmm. what Bill Johnson says. Jesus is perfect doctrine yeah, and theology. Exactly. Um, and I agree with you. I think I think the keep the main thing the main thing, mm -hmm. and then you know let the rest work itself out over time. Right, 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 right. But don't split over it because when you split, the presence lifts. Right, right, right. And there's there's a you know Paul, and. Uh, Barnabas had a, had had some disagreement about John Mark, you know, his book of Acts. Paul says, I don't trust this guy. Yep. And so Paul goes off with Silas, Barnabas goes off with John Mark. They agree to disagree 
and but they bless one another. But and they still remain brothers. They remain brothers. And then, you know, um, in one of Paul's letters, he's, he's writing of John Mark as a beloved brother. Yeah. And so there was a reconciliation. And so they came back and they, um, and so that was, they didn't start getting into, oh, Barnabas and John Mark, or they didn't start accusing each other. There's um, so much that mm-hmm. we can learn right. about that today. Absolutely. And realizing that when we disagree, we can we can agree to disagree, right. but we still love one another. We still exactly. honor one another. We still walk together right. as brothers in right. the Lord right. or right. sisters in the mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next is neglecting missions. Right, right. So when we focus so much on just what God's doing in our church and our ministry and our midst, to build and the church, to build the church, to build to build our and by that to build our own church. We right. want to build the church and the the global body of believers, and we want to make disciples, but, um, but our, our, our thing, um, if that's what it's focused on, but it's, it's got to be a taking out. It's got to go Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Right. And what that looks like will be, because it's, it's what God's doing in our midst in Dallas, it's going to require us to be in connection with, mm-hmm. with different ministries globally. Um, and so, um, um, but we want to take it out. want to take it out into the streets. want to take it out into the world. Okay, next, uh, neglecting the Sabbath. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. That uh, Charles Finney was very explicit about that. And at first Sabbath, he meant Sunday, um, but that um, the importance of worship, of fellowship, of gathering together on the Sabbath day, um, of not using that as a day for ourselves. That there is a real honoring that we're going to make this day about God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an, um, things I would personally add to that. I'm not sure Charles Finney wrote this exactly, but things just. Is that rhythm of rest um, being adhered to? Exactly, because he very specifically in the book of Hebrews talks about there is a rest. Exactly, and the Sabbath right. is those who honor the Sabbath. You know, um, he will honor their sacrifice. Right, right. So I think again, Charles Finney meant we need to keep gathering all the more as the day is approaching. Yeah. Um, on on the Lord's day, but also I think another principle we can look at is Jesus. He drew away. He knew when to get alone with his father. Yeah. And I think when ministers and people don't do that, it's the exhaustion, it's the burnout. Yeah, that's so good. All right, so what are some of the key revivals in church history? Can we just go through these? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll tell you. Okay, okay. And you talk about them. Okay, The Moravian okay. revival in 1727. Right, right. Well, how about you read a list of things and I'll highlight um, a few. So we've got the Moravians. Mm-hmm. What else we got on there? The first and second great awakenings. Evangelical revivals in England. In England, yes. We've got uh, more recent ones. The great awakening the, in England and America. Right, 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 right. Um, so with with the Moravians, you had um, Count Zinzendorf. This is in the 1700s. Um, started a hundred year prayer meeting. Which, by the way, is my favorite. Yeah, you if wouldn't. I had to have a favorite awakening, that would be my favorite. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, taking in orphans of, 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 of missionaries, selling themselves into slavery to preach the gospel to I mean, these incredible. African slaves. Think that, about the right. grace that was on them to live a mm-hmm. life that was countercultural. Right. Selling yourself into slavery. You're so in love with Jesus. Right. You're so um, uh, in love with his mission. Right. That you forsake your own freedom. Right. right. The cry of the Moravians was the lamb that was slain may receive the reward, reward of, of his sufferings. sufferings. I mean, it's just like, 
I just, uh, that still just gets my heart. For a hundred years. For a hundred year prayer meeting, night and day, 24 hour prayer, went on for 100 years. People signed up for shifts. No amplified sound, no like, you know, nice yeah. soaking music in the background. I mean, yeah. it was just- It wasn't necessarily hands and harp and bowl. I mean, no. these were people that were crying out. It was more kind of in, in alignment with what's happening in um, Korea, in oh. South Korea. Uh-huh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Korea, those people know how to pray. Yeah, Ooh, so. boy. <laughs> so um, so that's, that's the Moravian, which was contemporaneous with with the uh, evangelical Methodist revival yep. in England. Again, under the leadership of John and Charles Wesley, they were key players. George Whitfield was a key player in that and a few others. Um, but I mean, John, John Wesley, they'd go and preach in front of thousands of people. Yep. Um, we may have hit on some of this in the last episode, but um, George Whitfield was, uh, um, would do a lot of open air preaching. I mean, thousands, 10,000 people would gather. No amplified sound. <laughs> That's incredible. Think about that. Think about having somebody who's who has no amplified sound. They don't have a microphone, mm-hmm. and they're having to preach to th- thousands. And I, we, we were talking about this earlier. I right. really believe that the Holy Spirit must have amplified their voices. I mean, way. I don't know any other way that people would have heard. And and it's, I mean, people obviously heard because the the physical manifest people falling down, crying out, shaking, mm-hmm. trembling, running up to be saved. I mean, it just was. And John Wesley, you know, he was, he was your Oxford Anglican, proper, proper English Oxford <laughs> Anglican, even though his, uh, his parents were part of the dissident, you know, as well. So he had kind of this like yeah. uh, kick against the system, yeah. you know, and his mom, I, Susanna Wesley, I mean, she was just a key female leader in yeah. this, uh, would, and open up her home. Her husband would go out on these work business trips. Uh, or ministry trips, um, rather, and uh, and she would open up her home, and like two hundred people would flood their home, <laughs> and Susanna Wesley would just lead these prayer meetings, lead Bible studies. So that's what John Wesley grew up in, and so you just saw that in um, touch England, but then also um, New England with the First Great Awakening yeah. under the leadership of Jonathan Edwards. He's one of them. And this was really right before, mm-hmm. the First Great Awakening was right before the Revolutionary War. And probably mm-hmm. had something to do with, and we know that from the writings, and we know that mm-hmm. it influenced what was happening uh, with the onset of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Because in the minds of the people, what they began to experience was freedom in the Holy Spirit, freedom in their hearts, freedom in their minds and the truth of the gospel and who Jesus was. And so it began to lend itself to individuality as far as freedom and self-determination. Right, right, right. There's, there's, there was a lot of mixed feelings about the American Revolution, including yeah. with John Wesley. Yeah. He was hesitant about it first. And I imagine too, because he had done some missions in the Americas. Right. And he's thinking about how's this gonna affect but the George, ch- the Whitfield George Whitfield was very much, mm-hmm. he was really the uh, unknown or mm-hmm. uh, he didn't even realize the, the fruit of what was happening because mm-hmm. a lot of the founding fathers were in his meetings. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting uh, spirit filled, if you right. will. Right. They're having these encounters mm-hmm. and realizing even the language that we find mm-hmm. in the founding documents mm-hmm. is coming from this preaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, the founding documents are, you know, they're they're based in an idea and a worldview that there is a God to whom we are accountable. Yeah, and um, all men are created and equal. And all men are created equal. Um, Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And mm-hmm. so th- this kind of language 
uh, had never been seen before in the earth in any kind of governmental uh, type document because before that time there was not a democracy, there was not a republic, there was mm -hmm. no um, um, self-determination. Right, right, right. So the fruitfulness mm -hmm. of that particular outpouring was God establishing a nation called America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and there's, um, I'm not a historian of the birth of America, but what I will just, um, God knew what he was doing in that because America has been so key in taking the gospel to so many nations. Yeah. And I believe the Lord has birthed America and raised up America to continue that. And right. there's still an opportunity, and we're still doing that, but it's still, I think God is saying, look, American church, wake up, because right. there are places where you're taking the gospel that are experiencing revival, or you're in you're a not. place that you're starting, you're not, and you're getting dead on the inside here. Right, right, And so right. the Lord is like taking the, what do they call it? The, the paddles. <laughs> to our heart. Be revived and be wake revived, up. Which it's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so I want to carry mm -hmm. on with that. If you are interested in knowing more about uh, the first revolutionary uh War and also the the importance of John Whitfield and his part that he played. There's George a great Whitfield. book mm -hmm. called The Accidental um, Revolutionary, mm -hmm. The Accidental Revivalist. Oh my gosh, now I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, I'll all right, put it let's in the comments later. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it. Uh, we'll uh, I'll write it in the comments um, that you can see below. Um, okay, so let's move on to the Second Great Awakening, the Healing Revivals, mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. Pentecostal Revivals. Right, right. So Second Great Awakening, Charles Finney is a big um, voice in that, big emphasis on holiness, on the fear of the Lord. I mean, this guy, um, there's great famous story of uh, um, he, would, he would send his intercessors ahead of him. Um, oh, Nash, first name, I can't remember, but... Um, Nash and his team of intercessors, they would go for about three weeks and just soak the, the land in prayer. And Charles Finney would come in and just their stories of just feeling the presence of God where he was, where he was walking. And he, he walked into a, a factory one time and just the, the power and the presence of God was so manifest that people just started falling, falling under conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Um, now that happened right mm -hmm. before the Civil War. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. outpouring, right? So it brought right. a lot, right. swept a lot of people right. into the right. kingdom or mm -hmm. into um, salvation, right? And then right. comes the civil war, exactly. And there was a lot in the Second Great Awakening that were real impetus in um, in the abolition movement, yeah. Um, and so they wanted to see an ending to slavery in America, and mm -hmm. so that was um, um, a, just a big fruit of the Second Great Awakening. Um, you had healing revivals in the later 19th century. Um, 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 Alexander Dowie, um, Mariah Woodworth Eder starts mm -hmm. coming on the scene. Mm -hmm. um, um, powerful manifestations of the Spirit are happening in their meetings. And I mean, you've got um, uh, um, healing rooms opening. Um, uh, and, and, um, and Mariah Woodworth Eder, she's one of my favorites too. You read her book, Signs and Wonders. And I mean, she just is, she, um, she was like caught up in a in a trance for you know hours That's while she so was preaching. Weird. And there's she the, would just sit there's there. a famous picture of her going like this, or she was just frozen. Frozen for hours. Um, right, right, right. It might have been a day or two or three. I can't remember the exact, but uh, just it incredible. was um, anyway. Like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit came and put a pause button on exactly, her. Exactly, exactly. She, she didn't. Would she blink? That's the thing that I want. I know. I don't know. I don't you know. know. But right. um, people falling out in the Holy Spirit, radical conversions. Um, and then, um, and then it that kind of went into the the Pentecostal revival, 
right. early 20th century. And, and reintroducing the, tongue, the gift of tongues. Right, right. And, um, and also uh, uh, the gifts of the spirit. Right, tongues was huge, gifts of the spirit were huge. William Seymour, um, Charles Parham were main players in that. Now Charles Parham had some issues with, uh, with William Seymour being a right. black man and God using a black man. So there right. was some division and conflict over that. Yet others like John G. Lake start to arise on the scene that right. honored what William Seymour did. John G. Lake, I mean, seeing over 500,000 documented healings. Just uh, incredible. And yeah. then that really kind of led us into the latter rain revival. Right, right, right. With A.A. Allen and a. A. Allen, um, William, Branham. William Branham. Powerful words of knowledge um, um, just operating through Guys like William Branham were just incredible. Healing, healing. incredible. And so there were concerns. Oral with, Roberts. Right, right. There were concerns with, with some of Branham's doctrinal things, um, which I think, uh, um, I think Paul Keith Davis addresses very well. I do too. Just, just clarifying. Here's what he did say. Here's what he didn't say. Right, and um, it was really the mm, people that were following him. Right, 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 right. So lots of healing. Billy Graham, you know, is part of that. He's, again, not a big emphasis in Billy Graham's ministry on the gifts of the Spirit, but lots of conversions to the Lord. Um, and then we have the um, charismatic, charismatic renewal, renewal, 60s and 70s, Jesus, Jesus movement. movement, right? So really, which, which really hit the Catholic Church. Exactly. And the Catholic Church, there became Absolutely. this charismatic Catholic branch that right. was established that was had never been there. And the Catholic Church actually blessed it. Exactly. And acknowledged so, this is this is the Lord. Right. So the story goes that that year that that kicked off as the Pope publicly dedicated that year to the Holy Spirit. And that was the year that, that the charismatic renewal broke out. Wow. And now the Catholic Church was having to say, how do we deal with this? How does this fit into our language and structure and right. things that we already do? But, but it was undeniable move of the Holy Spirit. And, and as you said, they, they blessed it. And so we started to see this, um, the Holy Spirit start moving across denominations in, in an unprecedented way. Mm -hmm. um, I love just reading how that carried over into the 70s and 80s under the ministries of John Wimber yeah. um, and the Vineyard Movement. And really mm -hmm. out of that flowed a real teaching movement mm -hmm. to try to establish and, and define and, and give um, uh, handlebars to what was happening with the Holy Spirit. Right, right. John Wimber was just, just so excellent in equipping the saints for the mm -hmm. works of ministry. And that's where you started to see a shift from the guy on the platform to really empowering the body mm -hmm. to do this. I mean, John Wimber is arguably the reason why in, in the North American church that we regularly pray for the sick in our Sunday service meetings. I mean, wow. it's not an afterglow thing. It's not a come to our special healing. So we do those too, but he was really going for it during, if you need healing, come up, equipping people in words of knowledge. But he also introduced a real, um, worship movement. Right. So he really introduced this new, modern, he took us out of a hymnal type mm -hmm, situation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and really into a more experiential, experiential, mm -hmm, experiential mm -hmm. type right. of worship. Right, 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 right. That was so, more modern. Right, right. So a lot of emphasis on our heart, our love, our, our passion for God, His love for us. Yeah. And so, like, like we brought guitars into the church. <laughs> exactly. We brought drums if you, you listen, into the church. Yeah. Look on YouTube for uh, uh, John Wimber and the Vineyard uh, Movement. And Vineyard Movement. John Wimber's evangelism 
conference or something like signs and wonders conference. That's what it was. He, in the first video, he shares his whole testimony, getting saved out of drugs, coming into this little country church, very traditional. I mean, just and bringing in all of his biker friends that got radically <laughs> saved. I and I mean, just bringing guitar. I mean, it just totally shocked this church. But it, and that's what's happened in the Jesus movement as well. You had all the potheads, you know, coming to the Lord. Yeah. And they just, they wanted to really encounter God. Um, so beautiful. yeah, John Wimber. Great. And then you've got the great. Toronto outpouring. Toronto outpouring. Which and the, was uh, amazing. In the 1990s, and which was simultaneous with the Pensacola. Um, revival. And well, so, don't you feel like at that time you you have an introduction of the prophetic mm-hmm. really for every man and woman? And so right, Paul said, right. I, I I pray that you would all prophesy. prophesy. Mm-hmm. And so the desire of Paul was that all of us yeah, yeah, yeah. would prophesy right, because right. it's heaven to yeah. earth. Right. He wanted, he want, he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but I'd rather prophesy. Yeah. He says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Um, and so within late 80s, early 90s, you saw a big emphasis on the prophetic. And, um, and there, were some, there were some bumps, some major bumps that happened there. But it was the, what the fruit of that, the good fruit of that, was what you said, that people were being equipped and empowered to hear the voice of God in Toronto and in Pensacola. And, and you had different things the Lord was doing. In Toronto, it was more of an emphasis on the, on the love of the Father, People getting radically healed in their hearts yeah. and being renewed by the Holy Spirit. Pensacola was a much more emphasis on fear of the Lord, conviction of sin. Yeah. And so there were even disagreements in those camps. Um, but what really I think would have helped both of those moves of the Lord would be the people say, we're honoring what God's doing here. We're honoring what God's doing here. And we're going to consult each other for wisdom on it because we need more of that. We need more conviction and fear of the Lord over here. But on that end, we need more of the love of the Father and joy of the Lord. You know? yeah. Um, so, um, so, yeah, those are those are, And we're still seeing the fruit um, of those revivals today. Yeah. Um, and so God is, God's doing things. He wants to awaken his church. He wants, he wants the reality and the lifestyle of church to be centered on Jesus and the presence. The presence of God, walking in the obedience to Jesus and honoring other people in the body of Christ. Yeah. This is not just going to touch one church ministry denomination mm-hmm. It's gonna it's, or just one stream. It's yeah. going to require that people come together um, as they recognize, hey, here's what, here, what's the Holy Spirit doing in your midst? He's, here's, here's what he's doing in ours. And really learning from each other and going low and making sure Jesus is exalted and not ourselves. You know, if I had to summarize mm-hmm. revival, uh-huh. it would be a returning to not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Right, right. And that I no longer trust in my own strength mm-hmm. and even my own wisdom. Right. But I'm fully yielded to and surrendered to the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what he's saying, return to me. Right. Right. But, you know, uh, to the Laodicean church, return to me in this way. Right. And come and eat with me so we can commune or talk. Right. And you can talk to me and I can talk to you and you'll lead me or right. you'll follow me in the things that I'm telling you because you'll trust me. Right. Because right. of this relationship. Right. And I think what just lessons from scripture and from history is from revival and sustaining it um, is 
is we need all hands on deck. Yeah. We need all gifts. And, but God gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Right. And if any one of those fingers gets chopped off. Or despised. Or despised or rejected, saying, I don't need you. Um, so many so many people, John Wesley, highly educated man, George Whitfield, highly educated man, um, um, John Wimber, highly educated man. Um, so they had a strong teaching gift, but they're also, they needed that apostolic leadership. They needed the voice of the prophet. They needed the evangelist to remind them to keep taking out. They needed the pastors to disciple people and deal with the real issues, heart issues that came up. And they needed, um, again, they needed the teachers to make sure that we are staying with the faith that was handed down to us by the apostles. So good. So all hands on deck. All hands mm -hmm. on deck. So this was the part two of revival mm -hmm. and um, just so thankful for your wisdom and, um, and just your teaching on this and your understanding of it. And I hope this has been a blessing mm -hmm. to you and helped to bring you into a greater hunger for it. Um, I encourage you to, um, even in your own life, begin to cry out and press in for this and ask the Lord to begin to awaken you with a hunger for more of his presence mm -hmm. um, so that you can follow him better and your life will be, um, you know, hundredfold mm -hmm. fruitfulness. So I just bless you as you go out today. Matthew, would you pray for everyone absolutely. As, we, as we close? Yes, absolutely. Let's pray. Yeah. Father, we thank you that your desire is to have a church whose heart is deeply connected and united to your heart. And Lord, we ask that you would revive the church. God, I cry out for the church in America to be awakened. That Lord, this, that great invitation that you gave to Laodicea to have gold refined in the fire, Lord God, to, um, uh, to buy from you this gold, to be with you in your presence, to dine with you and communion with you, and to sit with you on your throne as you sit down with your Father on his throne. That God, you would awaken us for that vision for what is available in our life in God. And that, Lord, we would not settle, Lord, for just normal or regular uh, Christianity or church as usual. But, Lord, it would be Christianity and church as Jesus taught and demonstrated, yes, as the apostles you, taught and demonstrated. God, I pray for uh, the one listening right now. Uh, may the Lord just awaken, revive your heart. May a hunger for the presence and knowledge, experiential knowledge of God, yeah. be deeply infused and imprinted in your soul. Thank and you, may Lord. it produce a cry for God to revive you, God. your heart, your family, you, your church, and your Thank region. You, in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Podcast. If you love the show, help us grow by leaving a five-star review and hitting that subscribe button. Follow at Tracy Eckert on Instagram to stay in touch with us. And don't forget to head over to TracyEckert.com to check out Tracy's books, merch, and her Fearless Mentorship Program. Thank you again. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time on Fearless.